Don't you love Christmas season? I know around our house it's a big deal because my wife loves nativity scenes. If you can show some of the pictures of them there. We have all sizes, all different shapes, uh, even to the point now that we have life size that we got at Rural King uh, out in our front yard. Uh, and, and nothing says Christmas kind of like the nativity scenes. And this is the one you see before you today and this one we've had around for a while. And what we want to talk about is, is look at the nativity scenes and what you see is you see Jesus at the center. And then you also have Mary and Joseph, the parents. Uh, you have a shepherd here uh, with the shepherd on his, or a sheep on his shoulder. Uh, and of course the shepherds were the first ones that were uh, able to announce the coming of Jesus. And then also you have, uh, have the three kings and the kings come in a caravan and they bring gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Uh, and then also, uh, many people believe that those kings didn't show up till Jesus was almost two years old, but they still look good in the manger setting. Uh, of course, you have the animals uh, that are there because Jesus was born in a manger, uh, a feeding trough for animals because there was no room in the hotel. So we see what happened is, is we have all these figurines that are making up the manger scene that really didn't appear until about 2023 uh, when basic or 1223 when St. Francis of Assisi was given credit for kind of inventing the major scene and now it's everywhere. It's on Christmas cards, it's on our lawn, it's on our mantles and coffee tables uh, and in my case all over the house. And, and if if you've even seen living nativities, we had one yesterday we did at the fairgrounds where people dressed up like Mary and Joseph and, and the shepherds and tried to act it all out. I even brought a horse and like I said, I don't know, it was a live animal nativity scene. I don't know how biblical horses are at the, uh, uh, in the Bible and the, showing up at the birth of Jesus, but the nativities are out there. But the question is, where is the nativity in your heart? Because in some ways, the nativity is a picture of life, of your life and my life. Because in your life and my life, there's some things that our life gets focused on. And, and that what I'm talking about is the center point of our life. And it's what everything evolves around. It's that thing that you draw energy and strength from. Uh, it, in the manger scenes, you see that everything is basically centered around the Christ child in the manger. The pieces are set up and they're, they're all looking towards Jesus. They're focusing on, on Jesus as it's intended to be. And even though we know this is the way it ought to be set up, if we look at our life and Jesus is our Savior... Yeah, we believe in the manger, but here is what I want to personalize. Yes, you're a Christian. Yes, you may go to church. Yes, you believe. Uh, you have a Bible, but you realize your life isn't working like it should. It just doesn't feel right. Uh, it, it's not working right. And, and, and could it be that you have it set up wrong? I mean... 
Could it be that there's other things, even though Jesus is in the scene, that you have taken him and moved him from the center where he should be? Yeah, he may be there for an hour on Sunday morning in church, but he's not in the center. And what happens is, is when your life ends up off center, things begin to happen. And it can happen very easily. Here we have the manger off to the side. And let's say we put the shepherd in the middle. Now, now the shepherds were, were workers. They were out in the field at night and the angels came and sang to them. They, they were uh, grunts. They were, they were just basically worker guys. And if you think about it, isn't it easy for work to become the center of your life? Become the most important thing? Isn't it true that many of us give the best of who we are at work? And then we come home and give the worst to our families and give the worst to God? Because isn't that where you spend most of your life? And for many of us, it also becomes social. Where our friends are at work. And your work becomes your world. And so it's so easy to make work the center of your life. And if there's a time in your life where things are tough, do you know what happens? What happens is you find yourself leaning on that thing that is at the center of your life. And that thing in the center of your life is not designed to help you in that situation. So as a result, things fall apart and you can't understand why, even though Jesus is still on the scene, the work is still what your life is revolving around. Because it's what? It's the wrong setup. It's the wrong setup. So the shepherd, let's put him where he belongs. Uh, what about the wise men? Let's put the wise men in the middle. And... And yeah, they may not have come to two years later, but they look good. They're dressed good. Uh, they're tall. They're bringing gifts. You know what they can represent? They can re represent fame and success and popularity and education and wealth. Because that's who the wise men were in Jesus' time. And their gifts were gold and frankincense and myrrh, signs of wealth. Well, how many of us put our hope in wealth or popularity or fame? And we may not say it, but the truth is, is we end up living our lives that way based on what we drive, what we live in, what we wear, as if those things were the most important thing to us. So again, uh, when life starts falling apart and things are going wrong, we, we can't understand but it's because Jesus is not the priority. And when you set yourself up this way with the wise men at the center, you will discover real quickly that they can't make you happy. So you can talk to people who have enormous wealth or enormous success and reach the pinnacle of whatever their career is, and they will tell you, we were looking for some satisfaction in our success or our wealth, but it didn't give it. And that's where they put their hope on their spending, 
And isn't it true many times people spend money they don't have to impress people they don't like? And, and I'm not saying money is not okay. Money is good. Success is good. But it shouldn't be at the center of it all. Now let's take a different scenario. Let's take out the wise man and move Mary and Joseph up there. Now that sounds good. They represent the family. They represent marriage. Uh, it's the husband and wife and the kid relationship. And we think that's the right choice, family first. It even sounds good. And, and, and I agree, a family ought to be the priority. But a lot of times, we end up putting pressure on people to be something they were never intended to be. You're asking people to do something that only God can do. You may be asking your spouse to produce the happiness and the satisfaction that can only be found in Jesus. And we shouldn't wrap our hopes for happiness in a person because, folks, I got to tell you, I don't care who that person is, whether it be me or whether it be your parents or, or your children or, or somebody at work, they're going to let you down. And you can be happily married, absolutely you can, but your spouse can't and doesn't make you happy. It has to come from something else. Why we get hurt so easily is that we expect something from people and we place people where God should be. And it's the wrong setup. Marriage is in the wrong spot. Pull back Mary and Joseph and what do we have in the center? Animals. Uh-oh, hit me at the heart. How many of you guys have animals at the center? You know, I got my little Toby. You, I've seen you all stuff on Facebook and Instagram with dogs dressed up and, uh, and all kinds of uh, pictures there. But it's not just animals. What these animals represent is the things that bring us pleasure in life. It could be hobbies. It could be sports team like UK getting beat by the Bruins. It could be golf. Uh, it could be your campers or your lake houses. Things that were created for your enjoyment. But the problem is you just can't center your life on those things. And when you have your hope in those things, they're going to let you down quickly. And, and you can take a good thing too far. Yes, you may have the Bible. You got the church. Maybe you come once in a while. Yet your life is falling apart. It's because you have the wrong things at the center of your life. And my job as a minister here is to bring you kind of a life plan that helps you reorder your life so that you can get things set up right. A life plan that shows you where marriage goes, where your career goes, where your money and fame go. And my goal is to help you to put Jesus back at the center of your life because when your life isn't set up right, it speaks to you. And life says to you, something is wrong. And when things are in order, they not only look right. When we put 
Jesus back at the center, it feels right. And the Bible has a lot of practical stuff in it about how to make things right with money and marriage and kids. It tells you how to live your life. You look at Colossians chapter 1, it's, it it's, talks about the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And what it means is, is you, you can't work on the practical. You can't work on the practical things in life until you put Jesus in the center because he is supreme. Just like the solar system can't exist without the bright S-U-N sun in the middle. It has to start with something your whole life revolves around. And the sun is S-O-N, supreme to everything else. And in our faith, everything evolves and revolves around Jesus. We look at his son and we see God. And if you look at that Colossians, he created everything. In other words, God gave you a gift at Christmas. God put himself in human form, Jesus. He is God. And he came and lived among us. In other words, you can figure it out. Family, work, hobbies, uh, success, intellect, they were all things that were created. But what we need to figure out is that we worship the one who created all those things. And if you want your life to work, you have to, to go back to that one that created it. See, he says in Colossians 1, everything, everyone finds purpose in him. So what he's saying is, up to this moment, he holds it all together. For those people whose life feel in disarray, for people whose lives are falling apart, and you don't know what to do, even though you go to church, even though you read the Bible and you believe and it still doesn't work, maybe it's that you have things out of order. Maybe they aren't set up right in your life. You have things sitting in your life where Jesus ought to be.